what's happening, hoes, what's happening. Uh, it is officially time for episode six of the Black Girl Giggles Comedy Festival podcast uh, to be renamed, perhaps, shortly. Um, that's a long ass name. We need something that's hashtagable. We need something that go on a shirt cute. But anyway, always say our names, every single syllable. I, I can't say that shit. The Black Girl Giggles Comedy Festival podcast. And here we are in all of our glory. Make them say it every time. Every <laughs> time, sis. And we're here today, um, live and in color. Um, me, your girl DDT. Hello, everybody. And I'm joined by the the lovely and radiant Roxy Wilson. Hello, girl. Hello. Yeah. And also equally radiant and also about to reach her birthday in what, a week in three days, a week in two days? Let's uh, go, PT. <laughs> I had to bring out, don't, don't, let me forget when I'm being extravagant. Exactly. Because, uh, girl, you've been reminding me for your birthday for about, since January 2020 hit. Um, but it's Geneva Joy Hughes. Hello, ladies. How are we doing today? What's really hood? Okay. Doing yeah, well, doing well. Are y'all yeah, happy? Looks ashy on the internet. That's all. <laughs> Can't be ashy. Can never be ashy. You look delicious. Ashy, you look amazing. On the, on the internet, I know where else. Uh, so how, are we, how are we feeling today on this fine Monday evening, girl? What's what's really good? What's tea? Um. Well, I went. I went back to work today. I'm a teacher. Yeah. Amen. So we went um we went back into the building today for PD. those children didn't touch you, did they? No, the children weren't there. It was just uh the adults because we were in professional development right now. So today we had to show up in person, but the rest of PD is uh virtual. So I don't have to go back unless I like want to. So what they be doing in professional development? I never understood. Yeah, it's just they donuts. They talking to us about stuff. There wasn't donuts. They said it was going to be continental breakfast, but it was really just like those muffins in a plastic pack and bottle orange juice. Girl, that's oh, what yeah. they give you in jail. And I should know. I've been a few times. <laughs> they said continental breakfast. I was like hoping for at least a fruit cup, and that didn't even happen, you know. Girl. But it's fine. Did they give you that orange drink like they give you in jail and that salty bologna sandwich, or was it just the the little? No, it was like a little Tropicana orange juice. Hmm. And then they got our Subway boxes for lunch. It makes me miss my school in New York, though, because they used to feed us, feed us, okay? Like, flatters. But, you know, anyway, it was it was a cool day. It wasn't what I expected it to be, and it was a lot less stressful than I expected it to be. Like, we were really talking about race and equity and inequality, and I was really into that. I was like, okay. All right. This is my bad. Push through education reform, finally. Finally. After how many centuries? Hmm. Oh, my God. Anyway. We went through the time. I'm sorry. I'm off subject. I know we're supposed to be talking about comedy things, but, like, we, for one night sessions, we went through a timeline of like the educational system and this shit has been fucked up since the 1600s yes, and it, it is, is wild yes, to it me. Is. like what i was reading like what the fuck well i'm glad it took a worldwide chaos for them to finally say maybe we've been doing it a little wrong <laughs> that's all maybe. that's it all it took a planet living in terror <laughs> day to day not knowing what's happened next that's that's what it took that's what it takes but Geneva ooh, how you been ooh, doing today love what's really hood I'm okay just trying to get together 40s coming like winter um <laughs> so today I, I woke up and, and, and let one of my dreams die but I'm still here so wait no this supposed to be the good news you always give good news what I, what I have good news packages came today yay Packages of. Oh, well, you know, I do adult bingo, so it's big. Oh, so it's dicks. Those right here. So yeah. it's dicks. Yeah, and, and some um, keto shortbread cookie mix. So. Okay. Well, that's that's an interesting little. So I like a party to me. Amen. It does. Um, it's 
a weird party and it keeps saying my internet connection unstable which is bullshit because we pay too much to it but so if i lose y'all i apologize um but i guess my good news is i quit things this weekend uh because it got to be too much for me mentally uh i was doing a uh i was doing like a this virtual writing workshop thing where we like with uh, black female comedians and we would listen to music and stuff and we would set intentions and we would like, you know, uh, share information, do icebreakers and stuff, you know, try to do a little fun stuff up top to get to know each other. It was like a little networking plus writing workshop thing at the same time. Um, but I had to give it up because it was too hard wrangling holes, you know what I'm saying? It's just every time the day came, nobody showed up or very few people showed up and me being where I'm at in my head, it wasn't really, I guess it's not really the best time. And then some, some broad actually stole my idea. One of the people in the group just decided to snatch my idea and uh, make it her own. All she did was add a MailChimp in a website and now it's hers. So, um, you know, since I don't, I don't feel like fighting. You gotta be their ass now. Like you gotta find and you gotta fight. hood. <laughs> Sisterhood. No, that's what I'm that. saying. And the you fact know. that a black woman, the fact that a black woman did it Sister to me, a black Jesus. female comedian, like that shit right there, that, that hit me, bro. That hit me in a place I like that I didn't feel like being hit. So that wasn't very sisterly. <laughs> it wasn't. Okay, all right. So stop. We have topics for today. Yes, we do. But we're going to have, have a show. But huh? the good news is that I'm giving it is that you know Deanna is growing up. And instead of me being a messy petty bitch like I have been in my past or just, you know, crazy in general, I don't need to cuss nobody out no more. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I just let it go and just gave it up, gave it over to God. <laughs> Amen. Um, so, but I'm feeling better though. After leaving that alone, I think it was just one of them things you just got to let go and I'm, I'm releasing it. Um, and like Geneva said, uh, we do have topics. Um, well, wait, I said that so that we can make the point to one day have that show discussion oh we will one day we are gonna talk about thieves hmm. we are gonna talk about these talk about it. just some of the drama that happens that you would hope black women in comedy would support each other because we know what we're up against but that same streets mm -hmm. the same sister drama pops up in every field and but you know, it shocks we, me because we're supposed to be having fun. You know what I'm saying? But, but we're human, yeah. though. And human beings are capable of these, you know, devious, low-energy, uh, raggedy things. No matter what you got between your legs, no matter how much melanin you got, amen, uh, you can still be raggedy and ashy in your behavior. And that's fine. God is working on all of us. Uh, but the topics for the day which one which one do y'all want to start with do y'all want to start with monique or do y'all want to go with the black rooms like which one do y'all want to do wait are we still doing whoopee maybe we should take it up a notch let's do that yes let's yeah. take it up a notch i mean this is a little bit um it's a little bit out of circulation because y'all go through a different news cycle every two days girl y'all get over shit fast <laughs> in 2020 and, fast. I, and i don't blame you child it's moving fast <laughs> we're gonna live two years already this you is know what insane. i'm saying I keep saying it's still 2020. Like, like I keep looking up. It's still this motherfucker. But uh, recently, like in the past, um, I would say 21 days. I, I know me and Geneva noticed it. Maybe you noticed it too, Rocks. Um, there's an uptick of these Whoopi Goldberg appreciation posts. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, which I love because, you know, mm -hmm. it's just calling back to that time where they tried to make her out like she was so ugly. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, even in some of the films she was in, like, uh, Fatal Beauty, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, they just, like, Color Purple, they played it up like she was so unattractive, and that was, like, part of the characters that she played. And we lost Geneva really quickly. Hopefully she will be back shortly. But, you know, just with them uh, constantly playing on how she was plain looking or she was ugly mm -hmm. because she was dark skinned and she had the wide nose and she had the lips and everything. But I always thought right. she was a cutie pie. I did too. I always thought she was so pretty, like particularly in Ghost. I thought she was so pretty. She like was, and I, in Star Trek too, I thought she was real pretty. Yes. Like she always looked so regal to me. She always looked so, mm -hmm. you know, and, just dignified. She walked with her shoulders, you know, back and right. square. Like, what's up, bitch? Like, right. like um, you know. And and it was. 
And basically, um, people have been posting, you know, Whoopi Goldberg appreciate people saying that, you know, y'all tried to play like she was ugly back then, but the T is she was actually mad cute. Yes, she wasn't like the conventional Hollywood starlet beauty, but she was still beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We lost it for a second. What you what you gotta say? Because we lost it. Somebody calling me. You know what? They they tried to play her out like that. Um, you all heard my backstory about when I knew I wanted to be a um a comedian was the first time I seen Whoopi on like a free HBO preview because we didn't have HBO. Right. But also being a dark skinned girl, like that was the quickest instant and and so anybody threw at you. You look like Celie, mm-hmm. you look like Whoopi Goldberg. And to honor her so much, but then be kind of like, eh, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> by the insult, it was a weird thing. So to see that people are realizing, number one, she is gorgeous. Number two, you know what I mean? Like, like the wake up of it feels so good. That's all I'm going to say. And I also want to say, I'm waiting for the Whoopi Goldberg body appreciation post. Because right. when she was going right. through the Ted Danza phase and started showing legs on award shows, Whoopi got that body. Body. She does. Still got that body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, it Wait, was... DC just posted something and, okay, somebody replied to him. She doesn't need eyebrows, DC. DC talking about so y'all go just ignore the fact that she ain't got no eyebrows. All of a sudden y'all don't care about eyebrows. Look, DC. She was well in the eighties a thin eyebrow was a thing. Like they you pulled the tweezer almost out. And God had naturally blessed her with the eyebrows of her time. You know, and she could draw those on whenever she felt like it. Amen. Whenever she felt like having an eyebrow, she could just get a pencil and gather those things on. Okay. Thank you. I think Uh, she's a canvas, honey. Don't play. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I just love how, I guess, right now, black people are in a time where we're kind of calling our own shit back, you know, calling our people back and saying, you know, that was fucked up then. And we can say now that it was fucked up. Like when I see the, um, you know, the Pam, the Tashina Arnold appreciation post, like, man, Pam was the fine one. And y'all tried to right. play Pam. Since then. But Since I always then. thought Pam was the fine one. I was like, man, Pam was fine as hell. Just and y'all was trying to play Pam like she napping cucklebuck, you know. <clears throat> what the crazy part about it is that he would write the the jokes all about Pam, but it was a a period of time when Martin and Tashina Arnold were actually dating while the show was going on. Ain't that? About I didn't even know that. Well, I- and just to represent Team Dark Skin. If we look at Pam and Gina now, just saying. <laughs> Still. No shade, no tea, girl. <laughs> I mean, no we, 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 no shade, we love no her. We, we love her, but Lord. We love Tisha forever. Uh, we do. Forever, but she still ain't found them hips, baby. We're still waiting in the mail for those. But it's across the board. I feel like almost every one of like, the 80s light-skinned starlets did not age well, except, Ooh, except for... Denise. Denise. Oh, Denise is a is a yeah. fox for all. But she also keep away from the camera. I think up close it might be like when you first got HD. <laughs> but no, but like the thing Tashina Arnold said that I think was really interesting. I think it was on our Breakfast Club um, where she did an interview. She said, we have to find out how we're going to make you unattractive sounding. Because the original character of Pam, of course, what was she supposed to be? Fat and black. Because we're so undesirable, right? Um, but you know, she wanted the role, they wanted her in the role, and they said, Well, we just gonna have to find a way to make you less desirable. So they just played on the nappiness and stuff and her breath stank and she can't get a man. You know, just just some of and she got a bad attitude, just some common, you know, like sapphire type of tropes. But if she was originally supposed to be a fat girl. Wow. So, so that's a little. I was just about to give Martin a compliment, but now I'm looking at it sideways. Well, you know, we're always the butt of the joke, girl. But that that's changed. Amen. Speaking of which, our good sis, our good good sis Monique, baby, she is coming up and she's coming up fast uh, in this race with against her Mm. and Netflix. so as everybody already knows, as you should know, uh, Monique has been embroiled in a legal battle with Netflix since last year, ever since Byron Allen did his lawsuit against, uh, was it Comcast or something? But uh, Monique has been... I she go back a little further. Well, yeah, but I think her lawsuit started at the same time okay. as Byron Allen's. Um, but it was in 2017, I think. 
dead. <laughs> Girl, you better show that cleave. Valentine <laughs> <laughs> BGG Fest on Cash App. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a little tease. But, um, you know, when she got that very, very incredibly low, incredibly insulting offer from Netflix for $500,000 to keep her in like a three year contract with them. Uh, a three special contract for five hundred thousand dollars, which is a fraction of yeah. what a fraction of a fraction of what other comedians of her caliber were offered by Netflix to uh, film specials. And when she spoke out about it, they basically, as which is her favorite thing to say, girl, but they blackballed her. They blacklisted her. Um, favorite thing to say, girl. I ain't never heard nobody get blackballed so much since the times of Greece. But <laughs> maybe you yeah. think. You would think she was running for Caesar, bitch. But <laughs> um, don't mess up my headliner. You know I want her to headline the festival. Do not mess this up. I love Brandy to death. She is my everything. But anyway, so recently, uh, in this long, you know, legal battle where there's been appeals and all this other stuff from Netflix, a federal judge said that the case will not be thrown out because. It is discriminatory. Basically, he's alluded to the fact that it does seem kind of discriminatory, and y'all got to prove that it's not. We're not going to throw it out. Y'all got to prove that it wasn't. Because on paper, it looked like, bitch, some bullshit. I just said twice. Twice it said, no, fuck y'all. This, um, this ain't right, and this is not okay. Um, you know, so how do y'all feel about that? Yeah, how do y'all feel about that? I'm very happy. I'm happy for her. Like, I just saw somebody uh, comment that she was already blackballed. And I think that incident was because she didn't want to, she didn't want to do press for Precious, I think it was. Yeah, she didn't want to do yeah. the whole Grammy tour, like the whole Grammy campaign. Yeah, she didn't want to do that. Um, and, and so for free, she but she didn't want to do it for free, basically. Right. Yeah. For, I don't blame her. Um, so... Yeah, like, I'm happy for her because my whole thing is, like, white people get away with bullshit all the time and still get their coin. So I don't understand, like, why this cannot also happen for black people. Like, nobody's perfect. Everybody is going to do some stupid, say some stupid, act out in a stupid way, but, like, it was really a slap in the face to her, just knowing how much she's accomplished over the past, like, like, I mean, for me, it's been like two decades now, you know, At least. that I've like known about her and followed her. So to hear that she was getting 500000 for three specials, that could have slapped me in the face, okay? I felt that. Like, so... I'm happy for her. I'm happy that I, I really hope that Netflix is forced to settle and that they're forced to settle big. That's my biggest hope. Yeah, like my problem with it was the audacity of Netflix to come in so low with her. When I remember before it hit the fan, before she went and asked people to boycott, which I think was her only real mistake, because she did it before everybody was all boycott, boycott happy. So people mm-hmm. turned on her. They gave her yeah. a little bit of Nick Cannon, like, um, turn on. like, um, But, like, before that, I remember watching Netflix, like, yo, why are we not on here? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't see sisters on Netflix like that. And then Monique came out, and I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't tripping. And even before that, like, the only specials you've seen, especially comedy specials of black women, were Monique's. Like, they had Monique's black um, special of her um, some in the more. prison. And they had some more too on there. That they, I feel like the only ones I've seen, and this is me searching, was Monique and the Prison, one of Samora's old ones, mm-hmm. and one of Leslie Jones' old ones. Right. So crazy. like that alone backs up what she's saying. Like y'all not about putting us on there, which to me makes no sense because black women are the ones spending the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like, why would you not do that? So like, I felt like she was always valid. I was hurt that people said oh, she don't deserve that much money. Like, she wasn't the queen of comedy. Like, she wasn't Miss Parker. And, like, the fact that Netflix would even look at her, like, the fact that they would give so much money to other people when she has a broader appeal, which we don't normally get to say much about Black women comics. 
but she was Miss Parker on network television and in reruns. Mm -hmm. That means the white people are going to watch. She's the person that yep. my mom would have finally opened up the Netflix app on and watched. We would have watched her. Everybody, and then what bothered me was that, sorry, I got a juicy mouth to that. What bothered me was, <laughs> take that, take that. Um, what bothered me was people like, oh, I wouldn't watch it. You a lie. You mm. sit around and watch the dumbest stuff on that. I would have watched it. While like, you rolling and trying to do people. Baby, if y'all like, watch Fatal Whoopi. Affair, and if y'all will watch Tyler Perry's wigs parade around. Y'all will go. And I'm a Tiger watch King. Me. Like, who wouldn't watch that? Right. And like my like Whoopi was was your person that drew you to comedy. It was Monique for me because I saw so much of myself in her. You know what I'm saying? I saw a woman that really looked like me. Like she was brown skinned, she was chubby. Like I was like, dang. Like we really be up here on stage telling jokes. Like that that was it for me. Like I've always liked white comedy, but I just never really felt like I saw my likeness until I started seeing Monique. So I just I just want everything great for her, to be honest. Well, I think for me, the really, really important thing, of course, is the precedent that this will set if she wins. Because mm -hmm. legally, it's all about precedent. That's all it's about. Yeah. Like, that's like legal cases. That's all that matters in decisions and the next decision going forward. If there's a precedent set where she wins this settlement, the next black woman that come up got a better chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about time that people give black female comedians our due because they act like we don't exist, but we drive the culture. We we're what's mm -hmm. funny. Niggas dress up like us and pretend to be us because they can't be funny on their own. So that's the one. Ooh, that's another episode. So y'all, y'all fronting to look like us just so y'all could get some laughs and clicks. So why is it somehow that black women aren't allowed to represent themselves in comedy? Right. Mm -hmm. Culturally, we shouldn't be able to represent ourselves in that way as you know the funny, dynamic, witty, smart people that we are. But y'all mm -hmm. rather see you know a nigga like Quay with some ashy pink lipstick on. You know what I'm saying? Smacking his mouth with a nappy weave, acting, you know, hood and all that other shit. That's funny. But Monique, though, she's just loud and common and wants too much and is too demanding. The whole sentiment is anti-black woman across the board. But yeah, I yep. do think Come all of us black women in the industry, comic or not, owe Monique so much respect because she fell on that sword. And what did Netflix immediately do? They started flooding Netflix yep. for black content. That was the cover they yep. asked. And so most people looked at it like, oh, oh, see, no, they do this. No, they're doing that because Monique no. called them out. Exactly. And they have to look the part now. So exactly. thank you, Monique. Thank yes. you. And that's what she did. She Thanks. sacrificed herself. And like you said, I felt the same way in the beginning. It's like you called for the boycott too soon before you had the people really behind you about it. Mm -hmm. Like she really went in straight with like, now we're boycotting. We went from not even knowing that you really trying to put a special out to right. all of a sudden we boycott Netflix. Wait, hold on. <laughs> it's spinning too fast, Monique. Hold on. You're moving too fast. So let us catch up to where you at. So that's all that was. Just jumping the jumping the gun with that. But she always had a point. And as a black woman, I wanna see her get her just due. I wanna see her win this battle because I know that means for me coming in. I'm going to have a better chance getting paid when I'm actually worth it. And then I just go look at me like, oh, you just some black female comic. Nobody's going to look at you. Mm -hmm. I watch you, D.B. Thank you. Thank I you. watch all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, um, so it is good news. I really, really hope that at the end of all of this, she is victorious in some way. Of course, I'm wondering how. Netflix is going to break bread on this. If they have to break bread on the end of the day, is it just going to be she get a settlement or they going to have to actually pay her for a special? Like, is a special going to come out? She going to pay for I just wonder how, you know, that's yeah. going to out. I want her to pull a whole, um, um, what's his name? Oh, my God. Tracy Morgan. Uh, yes. How he did that special post Walmart came out with the money and the Walmart bag. <laughs> in a Walmart like, bag. Like they, they need to break their back and have her on Netflix. Oh, you know what? Matter of fact, it's all these other streaming services. 
I'm a little mm-hmm. disappointed that nobody was like, no, Monique, we understand, and gave right. her the money. Like, where was HBO in this? Like, But, you know, the journey that she's been on, the fight that she's been up against this whole time, she, mm-hmm. I, I just really admire her for not giving up on herself and not shutting up when everybody told her to shut up. Mm-hmm. And, and not just accepting pennies, you know, schmeckles. Like, because know. even black women told her, like, speaking of Whoopi, she said even Whoopi told her to chill. You know what I'm saying? Whoopi told her to chill on the other thing, which I it hurt my heart that Whoopi told her that. But, yeah. Because even the thing with, like, first of all, I do not trust, um, what's his name? Sydney? No, not not, not daddy. Leave daddy alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> not daddy. Well, that's what she the producer him. guy. Oh, uh, Lee Daniel? Lee Daniel is shady. Oh, he comes yeah, from he a shady oh, he's family. very shady. The, the talking Philly is out there. He is a shady dude. So when she told me Lee Daniels did a dirty, I was like, okay, I'm listening to you, Monique. You know, like her beef with Tyler Perry and um, Oprah that everybody focused on. You know, they can do no wrong in my eyes. It's just that they had the info that could have cleared her name versus Lee Daniels, and they decided to not be involved, which they have every right to decide whether they want to involve themselves or not. But I feel like people all lumped it all in there together. And then mm-hmm. made her look like the angry black woman, which was not fair, yeah. you know? Yeah, just the loud. Yeah. They always want to just be the loud, fat black woman. That's all we are. Mm-hmm. That's all they want to reduce. Lee Daniels is very fucking... I read uh, Gabrielle Sidibe's book, her, uh, her autobiography. It was really good. Like, I actually loved it so much. I think I'm going to read it again. Um, But she even talked about uh how, you know, she filmed Precious. Um, during the whole time of filming, pretty much, she didn't get anything. And then when they finally sold the movie and money was starting to roll in, like, the first check she received was, like, $2,000. Like, she couldn't afford a dress for a premiere. Like, it they didn't was, have that girl like, with a hairstylist. I believe Monique said they didn't even have that girl with a hairstylist. They didn't have her with makeup, nothing. They didn't have nothing. her with nothing. She had nothing. So... Yeah. But I just saw an article about a black female, um, black female actress and her stunt double. They had a white woman in blackface, and she when she said something about, you know, y'all can find a black female stunt woman, which there are uh-huh. tragically very few of in the industry. Uh, black female. Say it again, because you blacked out for a second. You you froze up for a second. Say it again. Okay. Um. But uh, it reminds me of the article I read recently about a black female actress, Angelica something. Uh, she mm-hmm. was on doing a show, and she had a stunt double. They had a white woman in blackface, and she was like, y'all can find a black female stunt double, and there are notoriously very, very few black female stunt doubles in the industry, Mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. And basically, she, the response to her was, you should just, aren't you just happy that you're here, that you get an opportunity? Baby, like, they want us to be happy for crumbs, and Monique is saying, we ain't gotta be happy for no motherfucking crumbs. We don't. That's it. That's point blank. Fuck you, period. We do not have to beg you motherfuckers for crumbs no more. Black women don't have to beg nobody for shit in a country that we made. And it hurts that people didn't support her because whenever black women are ostracized and they, they don't get a seat at the table, black women build their own table and then we all eat. So mm-hmm. like the fact that the community was like, yeah, I was like, that that hurt. That hurt yeah, to watch. But it, it wasn't surprising to me. It, it didn't surprise me at all because again, Monique is a fat black woman. Like, like just out, like I was talking with Pam, when it comes to fat black women, we haven't gotten there yet. Like we just got Lizzo, and they hate Lizzo, bitch, and they find every reason in the book they to hate, hate her. They do. It's Geneva, ridiculous. roll your yes, roll your eyes if you. We ain't gotta love her just because she a big black bitch. Okay? I, I know that I ain't gotta love her. She, she just hurt me a, li- a little bit. Yeah, she gets bit. she gets on my nerves a little bit, but she's a typical pop star. Her behavior is typical pop, pop star pop behavior. Star. It's typical Cardi B, uh, you know, Britney Spears shit, Nicki Minaj. Like she's doing what pop stars typically do, but she mm-hmm. gets on my line for it because she's a fat black bitch. Yep. Yeah. And they don't want to see her act like that because all pop right. stars get on my nerves. That's what they're for. I don't need you people yep. in my life. I don't need anything. Nothing of yours belongs in my yeah. world. It's but like they're really saying you can't be a big woman with a big personality. If you're a big woman, you need to find a corner and shut the fuck up. And I'm like, that's bogus. Like, shut the fuck up for why? Y'all ain't saying shit. 
I'm so tired of DC. Talk about everybody love Big Kelly Price. Uh, Kelly Price will tell you, baby. No, they did not. Oh, no, they, no, they did not. So dirty. They did Kelly so dirty. They did, they did my girls so damn dirty back in the day. So don't All even try it. about did. being cheated on. She was a friend of mine. She used what hey. she knew. I, I wanted to hate. I'm not going to do it. You should have told me that I wasn't fine enough. What? 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 Come on now. What? Don't make Sorry. me go through the catalog. Um. But yeah, it's, do we need to do a BBB Black Girl Giggle show at the next festival? Do we just ooh, need to represent for our big sister? We do. We do. I won't lose another pound. I'll well, I won't be. I won't be in it by next year, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, baby, my big ass is still going to be in it. So I am all here, and I will be there, baby, with my crop tops and my little cut-off jean shorts, and y'all will okay. do it. Right, I'm going to call Ashley Stewart to get the sponsorship. We got this. Let's do it. <laughs> Not Ashley Stewart. Ashley Stewart and churches. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I'm glad that Monique has finally said for us that we are not accepting crumbs anymore. I'm a big bitch, and I need a meal. Amen. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> a meal, biscuit size, all that. I need to eat. <laughs> uh, but- and wait, wait, yeah. just one more, one more thing you have to point out when you talk Monique and you talk money. She mentioned how much other people got, and people got mad that she mentioned Amy Schumer and, and, and Amy Schumer's credentials. But I thought the real weird part about that is that Amy Schumer is famous for emulating Monique and the Queens of Comedy from the 90s. All she's doing is what black women comics have always been doing, but she's the first white girl to really do it. To the Don't point where she even did an Apollo special. She did an all leather special. Like she knows that she's just taking black blue comedy and presenting it to white people. She knows this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baby, that team has been yeah. sitting on the back burner for a while and it's still hot. But yeah. right. still, <laughs> still. You know, okay. But uh, I don't. And that's a whole nother episode. How I feel about Amy, motherfucker. We got, we got episodes. I mean, I like her, but call it what it is. I have issues with her. Um, but, uh, so yeah. So the next thing, and why this is always my topics. It has, it's very confrontational the way I come up with things. I'm sorry, it's just my Aries nature. But, (laughs) um. So I've been thinking about it lately, just since we're trying to embark upon the reopening of comedy clubs. And I see actually a lot of uh, black female comedians opening comedy clubs, like like uh, Keisha Hunt down here in Texas. She opened her own comedy club. Um, and, you know, our girl Latoya got hers. Well, Nick had a comedy club in Baltimore. That's kind of how she started. Right. So it's just, yeah. so with that, and me wanting a book in places like that, it made me think, but is that even the type of room that will want me there? Right. Because... I think about that a lot, too. So yeah. I think you have to explain, because we have people that watch you are not comedians. Mm-hmm. Explain this. Explain okay. what, you're, what you're talking about here. All right. So the comedy world, uh, especially when it comes to stand-up, the clubs, the way they're booked, very segregated, first of all. Uh, there is very much a divine line in the sand between black clubs and white clubs, or what they call black cl- urban rooms and mainstream rooms. Mm-hmm. So just the wording in itself is fucked up. But right. so, so mainstream equals white, urban equals you niggas. Um, <laughs> you black. You, you blacks. You blacks. <laughs> We don't want you here. So, so now, obviously, anybody who's watching this can see. Anybody who knows the title of, you know, the podcast will know that we are black female comedians. We are African-American identifying comedians of, of that lineage. Now, that does not automatically mean those urban rooms really want to fuck with us like that. Tag in. <laughs> tag, tag in, girl. Tag in. You, you, you run with it. Also, a little bit more background information. Comedy is subjective and it's personal. So just like you have various personalities in mainstream America, you also, and I'm a big person about people understanding Black subculture. So right. Amen. the urban rooms are normally geared to one facet of Black subcultures. 
And if you don't fit in that subculture, then you don't really fit the urban rooms, yet you have to deal with the discrimination from the mainstream rooms. And this is where our conversation exists. Well, because black, cause black culture, which is pervasive, which pretty much is the culture of America, the dominating culture of America, if they want to be honest about it. Uh, but black culture itself has a mainstream. Yeah. Uh, and Good we, way to put that. And we Negroes, um, we are not mainstream black comedians. We are more alt. So we are alt comedy Negroes, as it were. If if we had to compare ourselves to the white side, we yeah. would be quote unquote alt to a certain extent, uh, somewhere in between mainstream and alt. Because alt black comedians are more like Eric Andre, um, mm-hmm. Hannibal Buress, uh, you know, people like that. Aisha Tyler. Aisha Tyler. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Marina Franklin. So there are people over there, but then the mainstream black comedians would be the uh, DC Young Flies. Yeah. B. Simone. You know. Uh, Can we name people that people know? The um... uh, Carlos Miller. Do y'all know Carlos Miller? Who is hilarious? I know Carlos Miller. Yeah. Not taking anything away from Carlos. Uh, Carlos Miller. Um, your well, Monique's. Your um, your Chris Rock. Right, Monique's. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Even Chris Rock. That's. No, Chris Rock does get a little off. Yeah, you know, so Chris Rock. Yeah. That one is shaky. Chris Rock. That's a good Chappelle, example they... of how Chris Rock appeals to a broader audience. And Dave Chappelle too. They're like somewhere yeah. in that gray area between mainstream black and all black so they're and then people like Faison Love and their smaller pockets have something to say much about more. yeah much smaller pockets um but <laughs> somehow bigger but smaller <laughs> well let's not say smaller flatter pockets let me yeah. not speak let me not speak on people money Deanna um because I still I still do fight in public if I need to but um but yeah, it's just that I've always felt like just the way that my comedy is, just the my subject matter, I've always felt felt a little bit alienated from the mainstream black rooms, a little bit, you know, unwanted, like an unwelcome intrusion, misunderstood mm-hmm. a lot. You know, to oh, you wanna you you wanna smart, you read books and shit. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> to oh, you smart. Like, like they come at they come at me wide eyed at the end. So oh, you smart. I guess. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, it's like we like I've um I did an urban room one time, um and you know my whole thing like I I I went in when I saw like what it was I was like all right so I probably won't get a whole lot of laughs here and I'm okay with it I could take that blow to the ego like whatever my whole thing is I'm gonna just get up there and have fun, which is what I did and there were some like popular comics in the city that were there and they were like they were like it kind of seemed like they didn't know how to you know what I'm saying it's like they like wanted to say you did good but like it wasn't their standard of good you know what I'm saying but it's like so well, we would love to say you did good, but that would be a lie, girl. <laughs> right. And then I did that that same set in another room like a week later and killed. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like it's very subjective and it really depends on like who your audience is and where you are. And like some people, you know, on a late Friday night and they've been drinking, like maybe they don't want to hear what I have to say. Like they're like, you're not trying to hear no no smart black girl shit. They don't want to hear my jokes about raping white men? They don't want to hear that? Oh, they might be into it. About me owning a plantation? No, I can assure you they don't. They definitely don't want to hear my jokes about how I don't believe Jesus is real. Uh, They don't want to hear my jokes about, you know, (laughs) girl, look, I can't no holy water touch this one. Um, But, you know, so they don't want to hear stuff like that. And I understand because, like, the, the prevailing theme is comedy is subjective. But I can't lie to you. It hurt a little. <laughs> it, hurt, yeah, it hurt a it little. Does. It <laughs> does. Like sometimes you can leave feeling like, well, fuck. Maybe I'm not that funny. Like, what am I doing? Maybe well, I. It's not be even doing that. It's not. I'm not that funny. It hurts because I feel like I'm misunderstood by my own people. Like I feel like yeah. they look at me like other. Like I feel now. I feel mm-hmm. other where I'm supposed to feel at home. Right. Yeah. 
but with me it's it's kind of it's kind of something that i've struggled with my whole life like because i'm from the hood 40 people in lancaster what's up what's really how you doing um but i've always been the not the odd person out and i feel like that was due to my family's level of respect in our neighborhood but like i didn't really care about what was happening on the block you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and people thank god respected me for that but like i kind of always did my own thing so then to grow up watching Deaf Comedy Jam and Comic View and being inspired by them and then get the mic and realize, oh, I'm not exactly one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like it's, it's a shock. Like, it's, it's a shock and it shakes up your identity as a Black person if your comedy doesn't always hit with all Black people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like, it's, it's something of like, well, do I play to it? Do I just continue to do me? Because comedy is all about being honest. So if I start playing the shit I don't care about, like, like for instance, I don't use the N-word. You be in some urban rooms, like, you have to use it on a time schedule or you won't get a laugh. Like, I mean, I'm getting a little dramatic, but not really. Oh, like, like, you got to be on the Ada Griffin plan when you get on stage with the niggas and the fucks? Nigga, 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 like, I don't know, I, I struggle with it because it's just like, these are my people. I'm a little bit in the other shit. And then, like, let, you know, you know what, matter of fact, let me say it like this. Because I'm not at all, I don't ever want to be confused for downplaying urban rooms at all because they're great. And there's a lot of talent in those rooms. So I'm talking personally. But it's just like, when you do better in a mixed room, mainstream room, than you do in a very urban black room, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to reconcile with. Like, I did a show um, recently, not recently, I want to say maybe December, November. Girl, that's recent in Corona years, girl, that's recent. Right? Like, before <laughs> the world ended. Like, crickets. Like, the audience was just looking at me like I was, like, I cursed their mama out or something. And the only thing that stopped me from, like, running, like, I wouldn't run, that stopped me from running was it was these two older people by the side of the stage they were being my audience. They were listening. They were laughing. I know my shit was good. But this particular audience, I feel like from the moment I hit the stage, was like, nope. You know what I mean? Like, maybe the fro was not working for them. I didn't have no eyelashes on. I don't know what they wanted from me. But it's like, that's a real hurt piece, man. It's a hurt. It's yeah. something to take. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with that. Like, it's, you do feel it sometimes. Like, when you hit the stage, it's like, oh, they see that I'm not one of them mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like i'm already i become an outsider immediately just the way i open my mouth like just the way i just the way i say words you know mm -hmm. it, just the words that i use the subject matter they like oh bitch we didn't come here for no history lesson we just came to laugh well i think history is funny okay i happen history to think is the comedy <laughs> I, I have to think that human history is absurd and hilarious thank you have you ever noticed, though, when you're talking um, black comedy versus mainstream comedy, I've noticed a difference in, how do I say this, approach? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, on the mainstream comedy scene, the comedian tends to be the butt of their own joke. They tend to be the odd person out. They tend to be awkward. But when you're approaching as a black comic or traditional mainstream black comedy, the comedian is the coolest person in the room. The comedian mm -hmm. is the one that points the jokes at everybody else. Have you mm -hmm. noticed that? Yes. Like, like awkwardness is not allowed. You know right. I mean? She can't like, be. Girl, don't talk about mental illness because I I went up in there with my suicide jokes, baby, to somebody's Mason Hall bitch, and nobody's auntie was feeling me <laughs> with my pencil skirt with a Mario T-shirt and my suicide jokes, baby. The that was a hush in the room. But I noticed that young like black people uh in general no matter what walk of life they come from black people our age uh and younger like the millennials and younger they really gravitate toward my mm -hmm. style of comedy yes like, yeah but then they're like the older militant folk the people who come out of like the 60s and 70s it was really down they like my shit too it's just mm -hmm. like that because i was in dallas i started in dallas i was there seven years six years so that bible belt that we love Tyler Perry and we think he's actually funny. First of all, we're not doing this right now. We're not doing this right well, now. Well, we're always doing it, Geneva. Every time me and you sit in the same room, we're going to have this conversation. 
about how this nigga is not funny. And all he does is regurgitate Again, lines from popular black subjective. films. You are not his audience. There's nothing funny about plagiarism. There is nothing funny about plagiarism. I don't need you to remix all the lines from The Color Purple for me ever again, Tyler Perry. I don't need it. I was there. You're I saw it. Laughing, though. You, I, if, I catch, if I catch you laughing at a, a reenactment meme, I'm a... Mm. Ahead. You never will, baby, because it's derivative <laughs> and it's over. Now, the thing is, um, <laughs> when you get to that area, like the Bible Belt, you know what I'm saying? Those ins those really insular black communities, be it, I find like hood niggas like me way more, like hood city niggas like me way more than like the country, you know, we go to the same club every week, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, and I'm more you know, like, very country. You know, people don't like to admit it, but New Orleans is country as the fuck. It is country, but I've done good in New Orleans because, of course, they have these huge pockets now of the uh, transplants, the the young black transplant kids that all weird and funny. Yes, you, Geneva. You and your weirdos that came here. Um, so we love you. We love you so much. You give the silly so much color. With your vegan food and your chai lattes. We love now you. Now look at us. We absolutely love y'all. But but yeah, it's just that I just, because I've had such a hard time in those type of rooms, it really made me pull out the people who would really relate to me. And it made me appreciate them even more. Because when I came to New Orleans and was doing comedy, niggas was actually laughing. And I'm like, it would be full rooms of black people rolling. And I'm the one on stage. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what? What? What what happened? Cause last week in Dallas they weren't feeling this shit. These Dallas niggas was not about that, but of course, they still wear Carl Kanai and Pele Pele jeans. Um, oh, so I mean, like, we gotta give it to that leather jacket with the Pele on the back. That shit is always hot. They, <laughs> they still the yellow one. Carl Kanai. <laughs> well, you know, it might be regional because I know. When I first started, I did bingo back home in Philly, and I did at Elks Lodges. I did at the Hooded's Bars, and I would walk in there with my afro with the flower in it, and they'd be like, um, excuse me, are you lost? Um, and then, <laughs> so like, I'm sorry, the roots are performing across. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then, like, give me two weeks at that bar, and I'm Gigi. So, like, so I guess, I guess it might be regional. Maybe I don't have enough jokes about being in the ninth ward, so I don't know. I, I got to try harder. Well, girl, I don't have none either, but I think they hear my accent and they hear me talking and they say, oh, you one of those weird girls that used to be in the back eye class that didn't say nothing but would be cracking weird jokes and it was funny. Like that, like New Orleans people feel me. Yeah. Even though, you know, I didn't grow up in the project, I didn't grow up in the hood, I didn't even grow up in New Orleans, but they know that I'm from South Louisiana. They can tell that I identify with them in that way and they can relate to me. Mm -hmm. But when I go somewhere like Dallas and they hear my ridiculous New Orleans accent or ridiculous South Louisiana accent they expect something different and when they don't get that they're automatically like ugh. Yeah. Mm. I think mm. they also I think people also expect you to like I'm not I'm not a comic who's always on a thousand percent of the time. Especially when I'm getting ready to go up. I'm very quiet, I'm very reserved. I like to be in my own headspace. Like um the first longer set that I did in New Orleans when I first moved back actually DC booked me for. Um, Shout out to DC. And I did his room at uh, Free Palm. And um, so many people after that show came up to me and was like, I didn't expect that. You're just so quiet. I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I just don't like to talk. <laughs> That's what I, I just be chilling. I just be chilling, you know? So. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's it's like it's like a weird, a very weird line to skate, and sometimes it goes really well, and sometimes you know not so much. I I think I think what we're what we're getting at, and what we're starting to appreciate as our own culture, as much as the rest of the world, is again this understanding of black subculture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we're we're starting to break up that monolith of blackness. Will we debate, oh, you ain't black if you don't this, or you too black if you that. Like, that's not really true. That's never really been true. Like, that's we're just out of you, Joe Biden. Else. That's enough out of you, Joe Biden, by the way. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> not Joe Biden. I'm talking about you not black if you don't vote for me. Nigga, 
Oh, Joe Biden. Go cool. away. Oh, like, the pandering is at an all-time high. <laughs> You're not black if you don't vote I just want, I want to meet Joe Biden in the face so I could just call him a nigger with an E on and see how he like. He'd be so excited. He would, he would call, he would, he would FaceTime Barack and just be jumping up and down. Like, I'm <laughs> one of you now. You. Like, I saw that and I was literally point. like, Joe. Uh, but yeah, but what happened to the lovable side um, side kick? Why I thought that's who he was gonna be. What is this right? guy? We just wanted you to stay Robin. Like you know, Robin <laughs> never became Batman because he had too much dignity. He became White Man, White Wing. He knew he wasn't supposed to take up the mantle of the bed. He became Nightwing. Uh, he had his own thing. Joe Biden, you need to find your Nightwing shit. shit. We talking about what? what Joe how Biden and Joe Biden. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Okay. <laughs> Budden, Biden, all the Joes need to get you know what? Now, y'all, y'all not going to slander Joe Budden in, in my presence. I love that man. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, the only thing he did was give us the meme of that lady being newsy with the Migos. That's all I ever attribute. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's, that's me. <laughs> like she... Come up, chewing gum. Like that's 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 the that was the whole point of Joe Button's existence. After this, we don't need him anymore. Yes. Man, look, I love I love you. Pump it up was kind of hot, but I did yeah. used to love that song. I'm not gonna lie, I sure did. Is, is that his only hit? Why is he think? Okay, whatever. Again, we were, we're not gonna slander oh, Joe okay. Button in my presence. Oh right. Um, Joe <laughs> Button is the Tyler Perry of hip hop artists. I'm a out. <laughs> I will come over there. It is. It ain't nothing but a short four-hour drive across I-10. I'll remind you, young lady. You talking shit about? This is what it's like backstage at the show. People talking about their jail time and just random allegations <laughs> against other people. Right? <laughs> so fuck that nigga. That nigga Random shit. comparisons. Well, that nigga ain't shit. In blue too. Like, and Mahatma Gandhi. It's the Dairy Queen of political leaders. Like, and, then, and then we actually this fight over our faves, Geneva. Right. Me and Geneva That's always come to blows over Tyler Perry and whether or not Michael Jackson touched them children. And it was and, Joe. We've been over it. I'm done. I'm done. See, see what I'm saying? It's, it doesn't I can't hear my camera right. Chris like, Hawkins just said underground rap careers matter. They do. Thank you, Chris. Battle rap matters. No, they matters. don't. No, they don't. Battle rap. Battle, battle rap, rap is interesting. I have like gone down the wormhole of YouTube videos a few times, and I must say that I have been deeply entertained. I might go down a rabbit hole tonight. Like, why not? Oh, and I just want to shout out. are just passive aggressive. <laughs> they're lyricists. They're each other. What are you they're talking very, about? Like, they're very the mean and they're very lyrical yeah. at the yeah. same time. That's what it's about. It's, it's lyrical. When people it. talk I underground hip hop, a smell comes to mind. Yeah. I don't know if you remember when, when the Wu-Tang Saga came out on Hulu. Like I, I tweeted, everybody, every girl in here knows what that room smells like. Like we know what that basement smells like. It smells like feet. <laughs> I'm cool. Like I've weed, been around too like many Reggie underground weed. rappers in my life. You smell like Reggie weed. I've never been to an underground rap battle in my life, and I would love oh, to go yeah, because, of course, I'm. But I've been, one. I've been to enough um comedy basements in New York, though, so I know that smell. Same I smell, baby. It. Same, it's, it's same, the same, same thing. It's same the same energy. Same. It's just same a different energy. jacket. This is just, they they have the camo jacket versus mm-hmm. the dirty leather jacket. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to uh, shout out Kalana, the homie Kalana, who has a a lovely podcast that I love called After That. Um, I I don't know if I'm supposed to plug other black women shit, but she should be on the show. Yes, because they're amazing. Uh, but Kalana said about the whole conversation. I agree, Geneva. A lot of people have preconceived ideas of who we are before we even grab the mic. Then when our material doesn't match their stereotype, they're kind of shocked. Yes. And of course, me and Kalana then had that discussion a million times because, you know, in the same boat, there's so many black comedians I know that are in that weird space of, I don't fit in the black rooms, I feel weird in the white rooms because they they don't really treat me right or whatever. And it's just this weird, you know, limbo that we kind of exist in right now. For sure. Yeah. But I love it. Um... Uh, unfortunately, I love stand-up comedy. I keep saying I'm a quit, but I haven't yet. We'll see. 
Uh, I said it yesterday. See what I'm saying? You ain't a comedian if you don't quit seven times before like breakfast. Like if, <laughs> right now, I told myself that I'm I'm taking a break to focus on my vlogging, <laughs> like which is pretty much like quitting. Okay, so <laughs> I too, I too have quit like temporarily. Every time I quit, I get a new joke. Shit, I forgot to write it down. See, see what I'm saying? <laughs> that shit was good too. What was I talking? Oh man. See, and that's what happened. Every time I say, "Man, I'm out," I think of something like, "Oh, nigga, this is fire. I gotta try this. <laughs> I gotta try this." But I can tell damn, you, I had a sweet premise, and it's gone. It's just fucking gone. Go it ahead. It might come back to you, but but girl, like oh, white appreciation month. Let me write that. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, let's okay. let's appreciate the whites for a month since they're so left out. <laughs> since they have such a hard time. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Which I guess right, right now it's easy. I guess we can all say we quit comedy because of the Rona, and I can just say that I'm taking a hiatus. Like, it was a forced hiatus, which is why I'm so thankful for this whole quarantine thing, because it forced me to stop yeah. doing stand-up. It forced me to stop to do what I couldn't do, and I needed to stop for a little while. It should force some people to stop, but they haven't. Just... It's still going, going hard with these virtual shows and such. I feel like, and this is not everybody, but most of the people who are going in on these virtual shows are people who weren't getting laughs to start with i've said this out loud you took the when i say you took the words literally out of my mouth i was just about to say the people who so pressed to get on stage now are the people who were booty before because how do you how do you tell jokes with no feedback like who is that you right. have to be at the top of your game like you have to be a touring getting booked like know you can bring a house down comic to have the confidence to do your jokes with no feedback or you have to be delusional like, if you're an open mic comic, and you're just like, yeah, I told these jokes, I know these people that I can't see and hear are laughing, you're lost. You're gone. You're, you're out of here. Right. Well, because for them, that's their reality anyway. They can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever laughed. I didn't bomb. They just didn't understand me. They don't understand my humor. There is no humor. Don't you love that when somebody too urban <laughs> Right. So it. my my jokes are just too smart for the room. That's what it is. Oh, that's what literally it is. what we just said earlier. Wow, okay. Is that what it is? Oh, sorry. Okay. The truth in the comedy. The truth. You know, I don't think my jokes are too smart. I think you know what I'm saying. I don't either. I'm just some dumbass. I make very racial jokes about raping white men, and that's it. Like, I don't... I mean, eventually I'll be a baby mama and come up with jokes about it, but not yet. Right, until the day comes that I... I'm waiting till I'm 50. (laughs) Do like Wanda Sykes, not to tell a baby. About about penis, you know? Sometimes I just like to do that, and that's fine. Right, I got some good dick-sucking jokes, you know what I'm saying? Hey, book me, uh, Uptown Comedy Club in Atlanta. I got some dick-sucking jokes. Um... Oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm supposed to brand this. How am I supposed to brand this? How am I supposed to get sponsorship? Black women are not a monolith. Black women be fucking and fucking big too. Well, bringing it back, this is what our festival is all about. Sucking it? <laughs> I told you I can bring up the festival every fucking podcast, and I will. I will. Uh, as we should. We, once we actually start doing po- festival stuff, we got to actually talk about it on the podcast. When we actually start rolling and get it, we actually have things. We're going to have to start doing like these, our little spotlights on the festival things, which I'm excited about. I can't wait till we actually are doing festival things again. Next year is going to be even better because we've had an incredibly long hiatus to get our shit together. Amen. Um, if people will put on masks. Y'all see this shit about Win Dixie and standing behind the no mask? First of all, your grapes are always too soft. So how about you focus on that? Okay. I just want to cleanse this continent with fire. Just uh, not the continent. Canada and Mexico, y'all sort it out. But America, we can burn it. We can go. We can burn this bitch to the ground. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. Uh, burn America to the ground. It's been a lovely evening. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure to speak with you people. You're wonderful for my mental health because uh, otherwise I just talk to the cat and he never responds. So then that means that I'm right and I don't have any talent. But anyway. Shout out. Um, we had Chris Hawkins, Malik Bartholomew, DC Paul, um, Chef Kelly, Kagan, Keegan Moore. Kagan. Keg. Not Kagan. 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 Oh, hey, Kagan. Yes. Oh, man. 
Shit. All of them in the comments. Thank you guys. Uh, Roman, thank you, yeah, uh, Ellis and Kalana Spiller and everybody. Who, oh, they're in another room. Okay. Yeah, that, everybody who shared on my page, we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Black Girl Giggles Comedy Festival podcast to possibly be renamed later. Um, possibly. <laughs> but thank you. I'm available on Anchor tonight, Spotify tomorrow. Amen. We'll be on Spotify tomorrow because what? I actually hit record at the very beginning. Look at, won't it do it? I, you know, I'm coming back to life. You know what I'm saying? I no longer uh, care to leave this mortal coil. I'm coming back. But uh, y'all have a good night. Good night, y'all. Hey, Elijah. I'm sorry. <laughs>